Hey, welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. This is our first episode on The Dragon Reborn, the third book in The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. We are your host, Johnny. And John. Okay. And this is the second episode. Did I say the first episode? Yep. Of course no, I did. No big deal. Well, yes, it is the second episode. Um, and I think on the agenda for today, um, or a couple, well, one thing you definitely wanted to talk about, um, and that I, I certainly want to talk about as well, and then something that anyone would expect us to talk about. <laughs> yes. So, let's talk about Gwen's accepted test. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to go right into it, just because, I mean, we... This will take a little while, and I'm sure we'll be talking about the climax for a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, so Egwene's accepted test when she, so in order to become an accepted, you need to go through the Terangriel, one of the Terangriels in the White Tower, in which you face three different. Uh, Fear, it's not really fears per se, or like, like fears, insecurities. Trials. Tri- yeah, trials, like, that test kind of you as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, the Terangriel pretty much just knows, um, is able to look inside you and able to, uh, determine what is best. Um, it's not something that the Aes Sedai control, they barely understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the same thing that happened with nine even the last book. Yes, yes. Um, overall, I, I think. Well, so there's a couple interesting things. So overall, I might actually have liked Nineves a little more, mostly because it introduced the concept, so it was more like original while it was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's kind of kind of the main reason I would say. I liked it more. But the thing with this that was interesting is that Rand, so, well, I guess we, we can walk through the three different trials. I, I thought that um, what you were saying was Sorry, before was that um, you didn't, one one criticism you had of Egwene's is that every one, every single uh, scene had Rand. Whereas with Nynaeve's, only the last one had Lan. Yes. Now, admittedly, Rand is Rand is more like I'm guessing that like it's fine because Rand is like more central to the plot than Lan is. Yes. And like and like there's there's a lot more to like and there there's a lot more eventualities. For Rand than there are for Lan. Like with Lan, it's basically like he's either going to become Aragorn or he isn't. <laughs> but um, or at least the the knight not owning quite as much land as Aragorn does version. But but does does then um, this these do these scenes belong to Rand? From a storytelling hmm. perspective, more so than they belong to Egwene, because Nynaeve's scenes were clear not just because Lamb was in, wasn't in only one of them, but they really played with her particular um, character. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. So let's like briefly walk through the, them, like just for a point of reference. So her first one, the first one is her. We're talking it, about Egwene now, it, right? Sorry, yes. So Egwene's accepted test. Her, for the first time she walks through the Terangriel, she's back in Eamon's field, right? With Rand, and they're kind of... And, like, he channels and, like, ha, or, or, like, ex, or he, like, experiences stuff, which is basically him channeling. Mm-hmm. But, like, they basically kind of live just in Eamon's field. Yeah, the, and it's seems to be an eventuality where um, there were no was no effort by Moraine to mm. come after him and her and there was no uh, Trolloc attack to spur their leaving yeah. so they were basically able to marry um, without interference but 
nothing changed about Rand's true nature, so it's still coming to the surface much later. At least that's what I got out of it. No, that makes that's that's well, pretty much exactly how I read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that there's that, and that is um, honestly in response to something that Rand is struggling with, which oh. is not really about his powers character. Or, it's about his powers. Yeah. Um, but it does, I think it does uh, explore, uh, at least in a barest sense, Egwene's, uh how she's going to grapple with um, this... Uh, this presence from her past being about to be such a big deal in the world. Yes, that makes sense. Um, yeah, although that was kind of the least interesting one of her trials, just because mo- mostly just because the implications of the next two were like more a little more shattering. Okay, which is, as it's supposed to be. So you want to tell yeah. us about the second one? The second one. Um, why don't Why don't you? Okay. Why don't you do it? Okay. So they're correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when they're in Camelin. I think right? they are yeah. in Camelin. So, yes. as far as we could tell, the city's either destroyed in the process of being destroyed, or like in the midst of a battle for it. it I, my impression was more like kind of it was almost the aftermath of a battle that didn't seem to go super well for them. Because I forget, is it Rand's, like, stuck, or is it Wayne stuck? I forget one of them. Rand is stuck. Yeah, right, okay. So Rand's stuck, and... And he can't use the power to free himself, because he can't use the power at all, because the madness is so close. Yes. Um, And the dilemma is that if she leaves, if she doesn't kill him, he is going to be taken by the forces of the Dark One, and he can't fight them off because if he does, he'll go mad and he'll be useless anyway. Yeah, well, he'll be so, useful to the Dark One, <laughs> right? He'll, but, but he'll be—he yes. he'll be, he, either he tries to fight them off and he goes mad, or he doesn't try to fight them off and they are able to turn him easily. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's the dilemma she she faces. So sh- she faces a difficult choice, which she can't bring her certainly doesn't seem to be able to bring herself to make the hard what seems to be the necessary choice yeah um but i did think this was a more impactful vision or trial than the first one now granted the first one is it's still really important because it's 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 like it's it's the same it's the very similar to Nynaeve's final trial yes. with Lan, where the, the, it's not an earth-shattering plot decision. It's the decision to say, like, it's, it's like their choice to say, like, no, this isn't going to, like, this isn't going to work. This is a lie. Yes, and there's some nice continuity there with it. It, it doesn't obviously doesn't bleed directly from Nineves mm-hmm. to Egwene's, but still the first, last of Nineves and the first of Egwene's. That's a nice touch, I think. And uh, there is a, in Egwene's first, while it isn't earth shattering per se, there is a sense of loss pervading that scene because um, in none of the other scenes is it like, oh, we are the realities of Rand's condition are ruining a. An ideal, an idyllic yes, situation. Yes, this situation is not idyllic in either of but the it, second. But it, right, yes. yeah, but mm-hmm. in the first, it would have been. Yes, it, it almost was. Yes, it would have been. In fact, but it that, never could be. No. That's the tragedy. Exactly, and, and that's because what they, and because for most of the first two books, especially the first one, Rand is like, well. I'm gonna mar- I'm just gonna marry Egwene because well that's that's what's gonna happen. That's what, and Egwene's yeah. like, well I'm gonna marry Rand because well that's what's gonna happen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so like like not like a specifically arranged marriage, like just kind of a like now at the time it's also as a reader it's like oh you know it's the main male character and the main female character, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they might uh, go on and go through some changes, but they're gonna. 
they're going to come in and get back together um, eventually. And and by this point, we really are starting to think. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. not. Because Egwene, this accepted test aside, this is a big part of it. She's a huge presence in this book. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And all this in a contained sense has a lot to do with Rand, but nothing else really does, other than the fact that she's chasing him with everyone, basically everyone else to tear. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, No, exactly. And... Oh, what was it? I just want to um, accept a test. Uh, the idyllic. Uh, well, it'll it's, it'll come to me. Well, but, are we done talking about the second? Or yeah, like, yeah. Let's move on to the third because okay. it was probably I think it was more of a broader comment. Okay. About that. Uh, yeah. So the third one. Now this was the most. This is the big one in terms yeah. of just a lot of different things and. So basically, Egwene is now the Amarlin's seat mm-hmm. raised from the green Aja, right? Is yeah. what happens in the mm-hmm. vision. Yep. And so she, Rand is brought before her in like chains, right? And she has to make a decision. A decision to, to, I still think hold. to gentle him. Yeah, yeah, I think to gentle him. But now she does or doesn't. I mean, it's kind of inconsequential, her decision, because she doesn't yeah she doesn't she doesn't but it quickly becomes clear that um she was never de facto in charge anyway um because everyone was ready to act if she didn't act the way that they wanted her to yeah and so they immediately knock her out and try to uh dark one her while she's unconscious yes so well because that's yeah because she wakes up well wakes up like is still in the trial vision trial Mm -hmm. and is like about like you said like they've started the ritual with the 13 right Mm -hmm. yeah like 13 13 virgil and the 13 13. ice uh like i said i um yeah and then she escapes and then and then what happens they wow she escapes and then like i oh i'm pretty sure she ends up like back in a situation where she's trying to save him, but then she, like, has to leave. Like, that's when yeah. the voices come. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the case with all of these. The um, the pivotal decision is often to walk away. It is to walk away, and that is key to um, the nature of the Aes Sedai to forego emotional attachments. So what this Terran Grill does is set up the attachments that you must by necessity break away from mm-hmm. because it means um, your survival in the real world. Yes. No, that makes sense. Um, and this this third vision, I think, I said this, going back to your original question or comment or question about how, like, are these visions... Egwene or Rand centric, and this is the one that felt the most Egwene centric. The third one, yes, because she is the one making like like Rand doesn't like what Rand chooses like hypothetically chooses to do in that in that scene doesn't really matter. He has no power. <laughs> she has all the agency, and yeah. she and he is literally in chains. Whereas before she was Rand's wife, and then. Some sort of she did have to make a choice in the second one. Um, she does, but, but she still wasn't anyone of consequence. She was just kind of there. I mean, like she, she probably at that point, presumably, is like some probably an Aes Sedai like that fought in her battle. That was, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like that. It wasn't like the like the third one. All of the eyes are literally on her, and it's like you need to make this choice now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's a cool like moment, but I mean, I, it, it was, it was like you were saying a little bit much for me that Rand was in all of her trials. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially given right now that like, there's no real romantic stuff with them and maybe at some point there will be, but like, I don't know, I'm, 
Well, and this might also be a thing where Van has a thing with all the female main female characters at some point, which is kind of like it's kind He's of making his rounds. Like, but it kind of is, but like, yeah. But I mean, so it's it's not a huge deal. It's still a really cool sequence, but. Yes. And for me, reading this the first time way back in the day, um, what it meant for me was it, it had such a mystical mm-hmm. quality to it where I felt a ghost of a connection with what I thought the ending of the series was going to – well, not the – at least further along in the series, I remember thinking about, oh, this is um, what something with this sort of emotional resonance and just this flavor of thing is what I have to look forward to um, when I, whenever I looked at um, uh, book 11, which was yes. the last book out at the time. Oh. Um, and it was, it was not exactly like that once I got to, Book 11. Okay. Um, Is book 11, are we in Sanderson yet or not? <laughs> we're not in Sanderson. Okay. That's the last Jordan book. Um, but that, well, that was the nature of all of the prediction flash forward yeah. stuff. But per- particularly this one um, made me feel as though I was heading towards an end and just a complete story that was really, really special. Interesting. Now, I personally think that Egwene is going to become the Amerlin at some point. Um, just because, I mean, they, they're all, they all, meaning the Wonder Girls, are all really powerful. And I don't think that Jordan would make Elaine both Amerlin and eventual Queen of Andor, which is another prediction I'm making. Like, there's no way that. There's no way that all of the... Let me put it this way. The Dark Ones planned at some point are probably going to come into fruition. And, like... At some point, she's either going to... I don't know. I, I guess the, the Andor stuff, I guess, is a little more spotty. But, like, those predictions for me. But, say, like... I mean, at some point... Uh, the mentor is going to die, and, and I or like something bad's going to happen to them. Whatever. I don't think Swain Sanchez is going to end up being the Amulet by the end of the series, mm-hmm. and because I mean there has to be somewhere for our main characters to go, both in character progression but also like in their place in the world. Mm-hmm. And like they've been setting up Nynaeve, Egwene, and Elaine as like three of the strongest channelers, like. Since the age of legends, <laughs> and well, that has to come to fruition in some way, shape, mm. or form. <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, I think you should be making pr- uh, predictions more on these episodes. <laughs> I, I I probably should, although I also yeah, I, I should. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy rolling them around in my head. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you you and everybody else that's read this series that's listening and laughing at me right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, have as someone, uh, since we both have read uh, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, um, um, you have, probably have a good sense of how good your instincts are as to which series this will... This emulate is, a little more in terms of expectation. The, there's going to be le- there's I'm predicting less Song of Ice and Fire and more Lord of the Rings in, in as a general thing. Mm. But like there's there's I mean the the big thing right now with this and Lord of the Rings, which hey this is going to be a good segue, uh, is that our our main character is the most, like, powerful... Well, one of the most powerful people in the world. Whereas, like, in Lord of the Rings, Frodo... The whole point is that... Well, Frodo is Frodo's not. not. Now, he is, at times, the most important person in the world, since he has, like, the ring. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not like, you know, he can shoot fire out of his hands or anything. <laughs> no. That would be something, though. Yes. Um, a, ho- a hobbit... A Hobbit spellcaster, man! If only they had like 
if only someone came up with like a game or something that you could like you know create a character and do that with mm-hmm. <laughs> and then funnily enough I, we won't spend too much time on this but funnily enough with Song of Ice and Fire the main characters are the most powerful, powerful. yeah yeah, because in well, the world, yeah, because but in a different way. Yeah, and well, yes, yeah. Basically. And it's funny that that should be the case because they are such um, uh, sketches of of human beings um, as opposed to archetypes. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but nonetheless, we don't really have major characters that are that have no major last name to them. In oh, in Song of Ice Fire, I mean, I the only one is that I can think of is Davos. Yeah, and, and, but like, I mean. but like, even he, and we're not going to spoil all this, but even he gains a certain amount of wealth and status mm-hmm. due, like, from like nobles due to things that he does. Whereas here, um, it's more like Lord of the Rings, where there are. Well, Farm people. Farm, yeah, which, and this has become the archetype in epic fantasy is the farm boy. But I mean, obviously, this series has a, there's a lot more going on than. Mm-hmm. If we were talking about Aragon, that'd be a little different. <laughs> um, he not, has, not, to, has right. to find out who his father oh, is boy. and, uh, and uh, not, uh, and let the hate flow through him. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so I mean, yeah, Luke versus Vader. Oh, you were talking about Star Wars, were you? <laughs> I mean, well, I was talking. No, about Star you Wars. were. You were talking about Star Wars and Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. But no, not to hate on Inheritance, it, it's a it's a really cool series. Brissinger is a garbage. Brissinger is a garbage book. But like, <laughs> or, or let me rephrase that. Brissinger is a giant info dump of <laughs> things that Christopher Paolini wanted us to know before he released the finale. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh, that that's okay though because it's. I mean, George R. R. Martin gave us a character dump in mid series of mm-hmm. characters that of characters that he wanted to mm-hmm. put in the back half of the series. <laughs> and you'll never see that again. What? Um, uh, no, that's never. That's, that's something you'll never read for the first time again. Oh boy. Well. I think we'll be having echoes of this discussion in a little while, but uh, okay, let's let's uh, so get to the yeah. thing. So, segueing into our most one of our most powerful people in the world, we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, but the cool thing about the climax is it's not just about Rand doing. It's things. not. It's not. It um, is uh, fairer to the. Uh, entire cast of primary characters than any climax has been thus far. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people um, at the Eye of the World um, were just kind of there. Yeah, everyone um, except Rand, for... Moraine, and Lan were the only yeah. major players in that one. Yeah. And then, then in the second one, you had a greater variety of people. Um, but people didn't really do anything um you had everyone was there but uh nothing really happened in the climax proper except with rand um there was matt with the horn but yeah, he that's didn't, a big, yeah. it is big but we still hadn't gotten a pov of him so it still didn't feel like he was a uh, a character that was included completely Yes, no, no, I I agree with that. And does Perrin? What does Perrin do in the Great Hunt climax? Is he just kind of fighting in the battle? I'm trying what to remember. Is Perrin, I don't think he's doing anything super. Yeah, and, well, and and now we get all. This is kind of going back to like. You know, I think I'd mentioned this that kind of not that Rand using the horn then kind of feels cheap, but like it, it feels unearned. Hmm. Um. Uh, and I now it really I, I think that that's kind of reminiscent of a lot of well or, yeah I guess I didn't really have a complete thought on that okay but um, and then Egwene was dealing with a lot but, yeah they had but it didn't wasn't it wasn't 
um, as directly. Uh, I, I guess she's the closest. Um, in great, the Great Hunt. In climax. the Great Hunt climax, um, but it still felt a little removed from the rest of the climax because it started so much earlier in the book. Well, yeah, and, or maybe and it didn't. Maybe I'm just lengthening it because it was so rage-inducing. <laughs> no, I mean I'd say it does because I mean like, I yeah I'd say it does because I mean the the Shantran stuff starts like relative starts like well enough before Rand and company arrive. Because like right. cause there's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. there's several from what I remember there's several chapters of Nynaeve and Min or Elaine. Is Min with them? I forget who As far as I can remember, Min and Egwene are together. Oh yes they're and right. Nynaeve and Elaine are together. Yes. Min yeah. is um captured Despite her being basically useless yeah, to them right, as right. a non-channeler, yeah. Um, but in this one, they have well. There's lots more fun stuff. There's lots more stuff. Um, you have. So what? I guess we could go. Let's start with Perrin because he's kind of the smallest part of it. Sure. Um, uh, even though it's still pretty cool. He's he's given a um, damsel in distress. What? He's given <laughs> a, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely what he's given. Um, in the absence of anything more uh, major, um, he's not even um, in the ma- in the most major climax scene with Rand. Despite what the cover would have you believe, where he's right there. <laughs> The cover, the cover also, also, all of the covers so far have looked, well, I don't think this one does, because this one has, like, Aiel, which look kind of cool, but, like, all of the covers so far have, like, random Trollocs somewhere on them, and, and it just, and they almost, they look kind of dumb, like, they do. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah. Except, yeah, except for this one. Yeah, but um. this one looks cool, this, this one's one of the better ones, I think. Um, I think Great Hunt... Might. Well, there's there there are trollocs on um, in two on five, um, but I, not on four. Maybe. Well, I'm current. Okay, I'm cur- one. You know, I'm currently reading five, so like I've just been looking at the cover a lot. Uh-huh. So that's probably I'm, I'm probably like okay. imposing it on the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, Perrin is not anyway. Probably probably my uh, favorite cover other than the last one is the sixth one. Oh, is that Lord of Chaos? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Perrin has to uh, go into um, the wolf dream to rescue his newfound um, bow. See, but they... Do they they even, like... Do they... Oh, yeah, because she's introducing this book. Do they even, like... They don't really... That whole relationship. Anyways. (laughs) Get more into that in book Book four. four. Yeah, there's more of that. Yeah, this is more of a book four thing. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he has something to do. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, Doesn't he, wait, doesn't he also, does he end up um, with the Wonder Girls in the dream world at any point? Or am I? No. Oh, no, it's Matt that in the physical world. It's Matt and the Wonder Girls. Yeah. they are have gotten captured in their latest um, uh, Harry Potter esque uh, romp. Yeah, uh, it, it, it this one especially since they like they like snuck out of the school or not snuck because Swain like gave them their mission, but like mm-hmm. like that was very really a, a Dumbledore like end of Prisoner of Azkaban like <laughs> like you you need you need to go back in time and, and like break the plot. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> You're expecting Swain Sanji to come into the jail cell and be like, "I am going to lock you yes. in." <laughs> yes. What? Um, what mission? Good night. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Um, um, except... They, yeah, and they, and they... And Egwene uh, goes into Telar and Frio to um, get the guard to, to... To shield the guard and get her to release her, whatever it is, and then... Well, the guard's black... Well, yeah, okay, so let's, like... Okay, all right, so let's, like, set up the whole climax a little bit, because we can talk about Perrin, because it's 
kind of removed from everything else. But, like, so the whole prophecy of the dragon is that the dragon's going to come and claim Kalendor and, like, take down the stone, or at least his coming will bring about the fall of the stone of Tyr. Mm. And so everyone's like, it's this impregnable fortress. How is How could anything assault it? Well, I mean... Of course, a small band of people that are determined and have plot armor can <laughs> do pretty much anything. <laughs> uh, um, so that kind of sets up. So and so Rand is basically going to the stone to claim Kalendor and finally claim his title of Dragon Reborn. And uh, so the Wonder Girls are tricked by Juelin, who is a... Is Juelin, right? Juelin. Yeah, who is a thief... Taker or catcher, they always use them. They don't use them interchangeably because, like, they, some of the characters get angry when you use one and not the other. I forget. Really? Yeah, because like, because does like, he get mad if I don't? Call him I some... forget. Is some of them get like touchy about whether you call them a thief catcher or a thief? T- I don't know. It's kind of a like thing that I'm. Is it one of those things where it's like I'm a, th- th- I'm definitely a thief taker, and the rest and like Matt's like. No, you're now a thief catcher for the rest of time. Yeah, because and then he is. Yeah, because one of <laughs> them is funny. One of them is like more associated with like you work for a lord, and the other is kind of more like you're almost like a mercenary. I don't know. I don't really quite get it, but mm-hmm. anyway. So basically, the Wonder Girls are working with him to try and get into the stone because they figured out that hey, that's where the Black Aja is. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they want to, like... And so they want to find find out how to get in there and stop them so they have Dwelin scouting and stuff. Um, and then, well, one day they come home from running errands and there's a surprise waiting for them and they all get captured. Mm-hmm. And so now, well, now everyone's at the stone for the climax because Matt then takes it upon himself to single-handedly infiltrate the stone and rescue them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, the IE will end up uh, infiltrating the stone as well. It's because they're awesome. <laughs> because, because they're awesome. <laughs> I once did a comedy routine, wrote a short comedy routine just based around how awesome the IE are. Yes. It's basically, if, if they're in a combat scenario, they don't lose. <laughs> like, yes. just, yeah, it's, yeah. But honestly, we talked about this a little. We talked, we'll talk about them much more in the next book, but like, I do love the whole fa- I mean, we talked about this in the last podcast, but I do love the whole face veiling as just, like, a general mm-hmm. thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean... And that, uh, that is a cool... As, as as you now know, that's a cool thing. Well, uh, yes. A very cool thing that we won't be discussing yet. Yes, but uh, but, it, but it's, it's, it's just... It's visually a cool trigger of, like, oh, it's about to hit the fan. <laughs> yes. Um... um. And then, uh, as it turns out, uh, the Black Aja are all here because there's a Forsaken here. What? Yes. And he is here because of Kalendor. What? Imagine that. <laughs> so Rand fights um, Bilal for a little while. That, that, that is a really cool duel. That it is a has. really cool, it it, a it, really cool short duel. Yes, and, and it felt more, it felt... I felt a little better about that than I did about him beating the Swordsmaster in book two. Yes. Um, especially, well, I mean, especially because he didn't beat Bilal. Well. Moiraine comes in and goes kamikaze on him. Yes. And it's, 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 I still read that and I'm like, oh, she just, she just said, just bounce back from her humiliating defeat uh, in the first book from uh, oh, Agonor. From, yes. from Agonor. Agonor, yeah. And uh, she's just like, nah, not this time. Boom. Yeah, that was... You're erased. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, with, we'll go with erased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we'll talk about... I mean, so she uses Balefire and just like... Um, Kamehameha's him out of existence <laughs> for all for all intent or spirit bomb for all intents and purposes. <laughs> that's what she does, <laughs> and it's 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 an it's a cool moment because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, even though you've seen her use Balefire before. Yeah, just the idea that um you have this um uh big bad that just Moraine comes in and just just yeah. and 
Um, I can I can see how to some people that would seem dissatisfying, but this guy hadn't really been built up he, at all. Yeah, and that's why I'm fine with it because like it, it is like this kind of a, a little bit like oh she's able to just walk in there and well now he's dead, <laughs> and it works because then we get the real final fight with yep. Baal's. So let's let's do the one let's do the Wonder well no let's just do uh, do we want to do the Wonder Girls or this do you have anything more to say about the Wonder Girls oh no just that it was really cool how they kind of rescue themselves and like they're able to do things on their own like Egwene stilling the Black Otter people in yes and that was that does uh, that sets up an interesting uh, tension with um Leandrin's crew I was gonna say with Matt Oh, because you have uh, these points of view where it's like they're they're really proud of themselves. They're themselves and we're like we didn't need anyone to save us. Um, and Matt's so silly because he you know thinks just just because he's the man he gets to come in and save us. Yes, and he's just <laughs> like I worked so hard to get in here. Because he does. For nothing. <laughs> yeah, because him and Juelan have their kind of little romp. Like, don't they fight? Each other? Do they? Or they fight the... I, I forget. This this scene on... The, oh, no. It, it's just them confronting each other mm-hmm. on, like, the rooftop. Yeah. And then the eye will show up and, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but this, this is... Uh, I think it's a... As with many other things in the in this series, it's a microcosm of uh just uh, different gender expectations um and how it is similar to our world and yet dissimilar um because you still have the this idea of uh man is the savior but there's um a more of a pushback from women because they um they hold more institutional power in this world. Yes, much more. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, even the the uh, another thing, the um, the monarch of the uh, main of the kind of default nation, Andor, is a queen. Yes, and like very specifically a queen. Mm-hmm. And um, half half the Borderlands are a queen. Um, yeah. Uh, Altara is a queen. You haven't met her yet. Okay. Um, Mayin. Oh, the first. Yeah, the first is Mayin is Berylane. Um, the, they're, and one of the Western nations might have it. I'm not sure. Then, oh wait, the Shanshan person. They they reference her as like oh, the, the Empress. Empress. Yeah, the Empress. Sure. Yeah. And then and then obviously like the White Tower is nothing but women. Yes. <laughs> I mean, with their male pets and the waters are. They're well. I think. I, no, I think they're more. It's more for the green, just like their pets. <laughs> and there just seems to be an. Um, this is going a bit on a tangent, but there there seems to be an equivalence um, up in the borderlands, which makes sense because they don't have time for any of that. No, it's... they just they just gotta be okay. Can can you lead? Soldiers, okay, you're good. Yeah, all right. You, um, you, no, you get to rule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can, f- you can fight and have leadership qualities. All right, good. Like mm-hmm. you have experience in war. Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, honestly, like there really aren't serious kings, though. There's, no. I think, in Ilian, there's a there's a there's a king of Ilian. Yes. There is the which, king of Kyrian, which is a whole mess. Well, um, yeah, that's a yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that yeah. later. Um, so there's a little of that in the Great Hunt, but like that's yeah. Go ahead. Amador has a king, but he's he has no power because oh, of the children. You know, it's funny that you said Amador had a king because I just thought of Pedro Nihal. <laughs> like, because he is the, like, the de facto leader if of that, like... we're going to include the Amarillan seat, we'll include the Lord Captain Commander. Yeah, like, because I... I, I it's funny because you said that and I was thinking of it as mm-hmm. Pedro Nihal, even though he's technically not. But, like, in effect, he is. <laughs> and I can't remember anything about the Western nations. So yeah, I don't whatever. remember. Um, yeah, then obviously, well... There's lots of interesting stuff with the IEL, but that is a book four and five discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But uh, let's get back to the uh, 
final. Yes. Battle. Okay. So, yeah. Because again, in, in, again, unless there's anything else with Matt and the girls. Um, nothing that I can really think of. Um, hold on. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I did. I did have uh, one prediction that I'm going that I may that I made that I wrote down in my notes for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Morgay's new advisor, Gabriel, who I think only Matt meets, I believe, because he goes to Camelon to like deliver the letter for Elaine. I see. Okay, because he stops. He goes there first before heading to Tear. Correct. Basically. Okay. Yeah, and so I. I do- and so I think that Gabriel is definitely a forsaken. Who is the Gabriel? Who is so? The oh yes, who is Morgaze's new advisor? Because he is a little bit. Um, number one, uh, Gareth Bryan, her former like primary advisor, wasn't there. Um, and suspicious. like, yeah, suspicious. Who like we are led to believe at least in the limited interactions in the eye of the world that we get. That's a pretty steady like thing. And then, like, Gabriel comes in and, like, just the way that he's presented in a very kind of powerful is, I guess, the word I would lo- I would use. But, like, yeah. Yeah, he just has this aura. Yes, yeah. Mm. Like, it's... And then, and, then I, and then, like, I think it's either him or one of the other people, like, that Matt hears scheming to either kill or capture Elaine or something. Because his dad seems, like, leaving the palace or something. Or entering, I forget yeah. which. I didn't remember uh, uh, that from this book, um, for sure. Um, that, that's a yeah. That's a, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So I think that's yeah. That's all I have as far as that goes. So on to the climax. Well, mm-hmm. the climax of the climax. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When Aran finally faces the Dark One for well, he faces the Dark One for the third time. Balzaman. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, the, I mean, you, you said that the fight with Bilal was cool, and it and it was in kind of a snappy, yeah, almost it, Sandersonian way. To it, be honest, it, it kind of was. Um, That's probably why I liked it. But the. Um, the Doctor Strange nature of the, of, of the of Baal Zaman's fight. Yeah. So basically, this was a this was a really cool, and this is the first time we truly. So Baal Zaman shows up, like, and then Rand and him have a fight, and it is very Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. uh, basically they're he's like, oh yeah, because he claims Kalendor at this point, right? I'm pretty sure he did. N- no, or he, he didn't. Not no. No, I thought he was like all souped up when he fought Balzaman. He was, but right when Balzaman comes in and um, knocks Moraine out, that's the first thing he does. Oh, Rand does not have Kalendor at that moment. Um, I. What I don't remember is whether or not he wants to. I think he is telling Rand to take it um, for whatever reasons that he has. Or he might be telling him to stay away. But either way, Rand kind of grabs it by chance. He gets knocked away by Balzaman, and his hand just closes on the hilt. Yeah, I yeah, that's sounds that's looking correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that I remember that much I remember. I just forget what exactly Baalzaman is it wants him to do at any given point. But he, either way, Rand has Kalinor when he fights Baalzaman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um and that that was an just that was an awesome fight because they're basically so it's basically once Van has Kalendor and does some things, but Ozamon's like, uh, what? And really kind of runs away. <laughs> and so, uh, and so Ran instinctively follows him. Um, oh, if I may interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. He, the, yeah, he, he tries to kill him immediately. 
Um, much it kind of reminds Balls me. Balls of Montreal to kill Rand immediately because it's like this. I've I've tried to manipulate you right. twice. It's just no, just just you, you need to die right now. Um, which kind of reminds me of um, in the in Order of the Phoenix when uh, uh, Voldemort is comes across Harry in the uh, Department of Mysteries, and he says. I have nothing more to say to you. You've tormented me too often for too long. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wait. It's just like you... And you, and I, I like that because you get when the villain is just like enough is enough. Yeah, you, they're you're done. You're just too much of a threat. I, I recognize my folly in taking this long to do it. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um... In both cases, they just get foiled. Well, <laughs> yes, because, I mean, then you open up in Order of the Phoenix to, like, you know, the coolest magic, the coolest, like, at least one-on-one -on -one magic fight in the whole series. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I love that chapter name, The Only One He Ever Feared. Mm -hmm. um, so you get, and this one this has a cool one, name, too, What is Written in Prophecy. Yes. And, well, what's written in prophecy certainly came true. <laughs> I'm trying um, to think of... Uh, the, the one and on one fights going forward. Um, well, <laughs> there there are a couple of contenders. Um, I would hope so because <laughs> I mean I, I I would be dissatisfied if this is the, like the coolest fight in the series. Mm -hmm. I would be yeah. Very there 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 are a couple of others. Okay, good to note. Um, but. Yeah, so basically they end up... What was cool about this fight is they end up... So the fight is basically Balzaman leaping between the quote-unquote physical world and, like, Teleron Riod. Mm -hmm. uh, and Ra the Rand dream just world follows him... Instinctively. Without knowing how he's yeah. doing it. Uh, and I think that they either... Because either Perrin sees them or Rand sees Perrin at one point... Or the Wonder Girls do like it. Like I know that like there's a little yeah that that, that makes sense. But, but that that's what was really cool is that you see kind of the climax. It's kind of multi layered both in terms of like like in reality in like the two different realities, <laughs> um, like the physical world and mm -hmm. the dream world. Yes. Um, or like the the dream world, dream, but also like kind of other mental like imaginative stuff. Um. But, yeah, so then we get to the end, and Rand beats Balsamon. Mm-hmm. Yes. And? And he is not the Dark One. Yeah, so... <laughs> they played us. He played us. Um, and... We'll, we'll, we'll get past the little bit of an issue first in that... This reveal was not handled in as punchy of a way that it should have been. As with as with honestly many reveals in the series, it kind of just happens weekly instead of just him saying straight out, "This am, is not the Dark like, One. Uh, I am Ishmael. This like, is Ishmael. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the like most well this, to our, to our knowledge." The most powerful Forsaken. Mm -hmm. um, Not to mention um, the Kinslayer, Betrayer of Hope. Yes. From okay. the prologue. Yeah. Uh, so it's been him the whole time. And as weak as that is, as weak as the, the reveal is. No, I, I will. Well, cause I, I, I will. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So I have stuff to say on that. Okay. Well, go ahead. Um, basically, I didn't really understand the reveal at the time, and I kind of like. So you know that like, you get the sense throughout the three first three books that even like so Rand had already fought and technically defeated Balzaman twice. Yes. So like you know that like it's some he's some sort of. Or at the time, presumed avatar or like incarnation of the Dark One, but like there, there's more to defeating the Dark One than like killing Balzaman is like what at least was my kind of thing. So like, but that was correct me if I'm wrong, but that was less due to um, any 
explicit clues you were given and more so of a sense of the scope yeah, of the series correct, yeah. and how you knew this presence being this aggressive this early didn't fit with the length of the series. No, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sorry, but the, like the reveal itself was still a little because I'm pretty sure it's just more rain that it just kind of offhandedly tells him, "Oh, that wasn't really the dark one. That was Ishtermile. But it's even, but and even she's telling. Oh Matt, yeah, she's yeah. This. And it's still kind of she still talks in like mites. So she's like. Well, it probably was Ishamael, like it wasn't the Dark One, and so just the way that it is kind of stated, I, I, it wasn't. It's just too hemmy and hawy yeah, for as, such a big thing, and it is a big thing because, despite you instinctively recognizing the how this wasn't wasn't fitting because of the scope, yes, it's still a raising of the stakes in a very compelling way it is to think that this big bad that that the big bad is not the big bad at all um yes which i kind of compare to um the whole raising uh the layering of uh the magic system in king killer yeah because you have this um sense of uh expectation mm-hmm. and predictability and sensicalness and then um then you have the wondrous element yes the true dark one is the wondrous element and you realize that this dude who's grandstanding Baalzaman with just uh that just doesn't honestly seem all that uh you could find him intimidating, but he's also just really out there and really over the top. No, yeah, yeah. Versus the dude or just entity that makes the world shake when you say his name. Yeah. Which is what like happens it's... when Rand says, Come at me, Shaitan. <clears throat> oh, God, he's not dead. <laughs> There's no wait, way. Wait, does he say that in this one? Or he's and maybe not come at me, but just uh, he's dead. Oh yeah, and I'll um oh I had a thought two seconds ago. Uh, oh yeah, okay. So and the, the sense that you get from Baalzaman is not the sense. That, kind of another uh, just extending your analogy. Like it's not the it's not the sense you get when Sauron is like interacting with characters on screen mm-hmm. because like he doesn't really talk to i mean you you hear him i mean yeah you hear him kind of whisper things sometimes well, you don't hear him say anything in particular until uh, the very end yeah it's, the king anyway then it's like and then it's like his then it's like basically an avatar of him it's not really like his physical well i'm thinking of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's not that... Like, it, it's... Yeah. Um, but, now, what if... So, an idea for that reveal. What if they had given us a little more discussion about Ishmael, like, at some point in the first three books? Like, I... I, I then so we that, might have been... Yeah, yeah, then we could have had a chance to put the clues together and, and it also would have been more impa- and then it also would have been more impactful and while it's still impactful like that hey it's the super probable forsaken dude we don't really like we don't really know much of anything about Ishmael other than that he's like the most powerful forsaken mm-hmm. so like when that happened and and we didn't really ever get to meet him as Ishmael so it's like we don't really like so they're like I, I just feel like he could like I'm trying to, I feel like they could have like alright the Lord of the Rings spoiler but like for people that haven't seen the movies or read the books but like it's not like when like and now granted this happens much earlier in Lord of the Rings but like it's not like when you find out that Saruman is now evil and it's like and it's like whoa like 
he, he, because Gandalf had set him up several times and met with him as, as like, hey, as he's the, the head the of ultimate good. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, hey, this is basically, hey, this is my boss, like Frodo. I need to go talk to my boss about this. He'll know, he'll know, like more specifically, or he'll be able to give me guidance on like how we should handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up turning into a situ into a situation where your biggest beacon ends up being at at the moment your biggest threat and you're yes. like what do we do now yes cuz especially in lord of the rings when more when like well two towers specifically like and i guess fellowship well second half of fellowship and like two towers when the threat is more isengard like the, there's more direct contact for the characters with Isengard than there is with Mordor. Yeah. Um, excluding Sam and Frodo. But, <laughs> anyways. Anyways, there, there is more uh, satisfying forsaken material to be had going forward. I, well, I, I am guessing. Because they've already, they've, they name drop a few, like I think Maureen name drops Samael. In this one, um, yeah, she, yeah. Sam, Samuel has like, been a known entity in Ilian for a long time. Yeah, that's just, so like, so that's just a, a, a known quantity that mm. Jordan has provided us with. Um, uh, and obviously, there's 13 of them, right? So I mean, like, I mean, we're, we we're, we're gonna meet all of them. Presumably, meet all of them in some way, shape, or form at mm-hmm. some point. And we've met. So all right, already we've met. Aginor, who's the guy? Who's the other one? Balthamel. Balthamel, yeah. Ishmael, Aginor or Aginor, and Bal and Balthamel. In Eye of the World. In Eye of the World. Um, Lanfear in Great Hunt. Great Hunt. Ishmael. Ishmael's been through, all, through all of them, yeah. And then Bilal. And Bilal. Those are all the um, ones we've actually met, right? Yeah. And then Samael is like there. Somewhere yeah. and like I think Gabriel is a Forsaken, but I yeah, obviously yeah you suspected I, I, you suspected Gabriel and um and Berylane. I don't have do we meet Berylane in this one or is that, I think that's beginning a shadow of the next one. I I either I feel way like we don't meet her then we we really get to know her a little better. Then. Oh okay maybe we do but yeah e- either way yeah so but even then that's still only like was that five or six like seven like. We still have, like, roughly half mm-hmm. of them to, like, yeah. interact with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, and we've we actually seen the... I mean, well, we've seen the most of Balzaman, but, like, other than that, we've seen the most of Lanfear. Yes. Because Lanfear's um, pretty major. Well, yeah, because she's... Yeah. yeah, I mean, she... Yeah. Now, that's another interesting element... Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- obviously, I'm sure this this is this will be a comment that pe- that people who have read the series will be either googling or laughing about or grinning at me for. But every certain people like the Forsaken often refer to Rand as Loose Theron mm-hmm. because yeah, because he is because it is it's basically I mean Rand's it's like the Avatar like it's like he is technically the same person like there's an this is kind of a tangent, but, like, there's a episode of Avatar The Last Airbender where the gang are at the... are They go to this... To Kyoshi Island. Or they, they basically go to this place where these people uh, accuse Aang of doing this, like, bad thing. Steal, and, and then Aang's like, but I didn't do that. And they're like, but you're the Avatar, like, Kyoshi... And, like, therefore, you're Kyoshi, right? And Kyoshi did that. And he's like, but I'm not Kyoshi. And he's like, but you're the Avatar, so you did that. Uh, now, it turns out they, whatever, they, stuff happens, he didn't actually, they proved them Rand's innocence, because obviously, you know, he doesn't die in that episode, but. <laughs> you, <laughs> um, say, you said Rand. <laughs> did I say Rand? I meant Aang. But Rand doesn't die in the episode either. Rand, Aang, Ong, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, we're not, we're not going to talk about that movie that I wasn't able to finish. Um. Or get past ten minutes of, but um, yeah, basically that is a similar thing. So I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to play out going forward. Yeah, the the exploration of that motif of responsibility and uh, and 
Well, that well that and just Van's identity as the dragon and Luce Theron. That was yes. more what I was... Because I'm sure yeah. there's stuff coming with that, like, that's major, because it comes up a lot. And, like, every once in a while, he'll get this nugget, this intuition, intuitive nugget of information, and then either him or the narrator's like, wait, I didn't know that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I guess Luce Theron did. <laughs> uh, which I think is a cool element, and I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, well, we just hit an hour in that exact moment. Perfect. Um, Do you have... So... We should probably talk a little bit about... So, like, this... You, you like, talk about... Because you would often talk about how the first three are kind of an arc. I Yes, I think so. Because you have uh, the... Um, this somewhat spoiler. The, the, we're, we're not going to be seeing kind of a repeat of... Uh, this rinse and repeat cycle of uh, the characters meeting at a certain point at the end of the book and and ran facing Baal Zaman. This is the last time we're going to see that. And after this, these three books is where the writing style is going to change a little bit, mm-hmm. um, where it just is able to do a lot more things at once. And it just everything is gonna seem bigger. The pace is gonna is gonna be a little more a little less breakneck, but still um still still a, a good pace. As a whole with where I'm at, I kind of like that stuff I yeah, I like that style in general more than like it feels less like I'm following a blueprint. Not that, that, not that like you are for these three, but like kind of looking back, you kind of like there's certain parts where you are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of like that shift overall. I like but. those, I, I like the four, five, and six better as well. Um, but the, the tightness of these three books uh-huh. is still something I really, really enjoy. Um, especially given some of what's coming. Yes, no, it, it, I mean, it is definitely, like, they are pretty focused, like, which I know obviously doesn't happen later on in the series, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, again, there's the whole thing with um, his intention of uh, yeah, having it be a trilogy or however much this was supposed to, each book was supposed to end um, yeah. in his original writing idea can only speculate at some of that um but yeah those are all the reasons that i consider this to be a, a, a bit of an arc and we have uh, i mean it, it, it is because i mean it, especially at the end of this book ran i mean he technically kind of claims that he's the dragon at the big at the end of book two but this is like but the he, official he yeah prophecy fulfillment like mm-hmm. i have taken up excalibur <laughs> like it is yeah. really yeah it's really rand's arc of becoming the dragon reborn this is an appropriate title the dragon reborn yes. and now we get to see now that he's uh adopted that officially we get to see what he's gonna do with it yes which is Fun going forward. It's going to be what no one expects. <laughs> Not even him, I, I bet. <laughs> or, or yeah, but anyways. Uh, do you have, so, um, I guess, you know, I don't know if we should, like, recommendation. I mean, at, at this point, I think, like, what would you recommend the book? I, I think for this series, it's kind of like... If you make it, like, whether or not we would recommend the book. I mean, what, the like particular, I, the, the third book in particular? Well, but here's the thing is kind of like, just kind of going forward with how we talk about this stuff, like, recommending any of these books is, is like, especially at this point, especially going forward, is going to be, like, very much like... I mean, it's it's the con- at this point it's the context of the entire series, and it's it, it's impossible to recommend one sing- to like pick out like individual books as far as like you should read this without talking about like the greater context of the series. But wait, that's true. But with that said, if you've gotten to this book, should you um, then likely what you have really enjoyed is the 
rich world Mm -hmm. that he's built here. And you're just going to get more and more of that, almost more than you can handle with the coming few books. So so absolutely keep going. Um, And that I think... Unless unless you're really attached to the tight, super tight plotting um, breakneck speed, breakneck pace well, of these three books, then you'll get a little less of that. And it's also funny that you are referring to it as breakneck speed because, well, I actually feel like the next few books move faster. But, hmm. uh, like, because I... And, and, because I've mentioned this before, I felt like there were, in general, across less so in this one, in Dragon Reborn, but, like, there were certain journey sections that kind of felt like I was just reading similar chapters over and over again. Um, which, like, is good for world building, and there's some character stuff in a lot of them, but, like, there, I, I I'll agree to type plotting. Breakneck speed, it kind of depends on that well i guess the end of book two is like break like once you hit the shan shan stuff happens real quick um I, but as long as there's like points to hit um every so often uh-huh. i will adjust my reading speed to the book but it's fair. like i will I will kind of, it's, it's, this is a little bad, but I kind of glaze over oh. so that um, if it is slow, I slow down. Like I, I, I'm like a cold-blooded animal. I, I, I go with the speed of the book. And okay. that only doesn't, that stopped working at the, uh, the 7 through 11 area <laughs> because there wasn't really anything, for any, any island for me to... Uh, go towards, stop, go yeah. towards, stop off at. Um, John, are you saying we're going to be like wandering in the middle of the ocean for a few books? <laughs> we might be doing that without these giant tentpole uh, events. <laughs> mayhap, mayhap. Um, but yeah, um, that's in the future. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, I, like I said, so far my favorite one, just given. I like the focus on Egwene and things that she does and, like, kind of... I felt the sense of... The sense of progress was, like... It gets better... has been getting better with each book. Which I think is good. Yeah. So the next book we'll be doing will be The Way of Kings. Yes. Um, I have finished and I will have things to say. So we'll be taking a detour from Wheel of Time next. We're recording, and yes, uh, I I have I feel like I have waited my entire life to talk about the Stormlight Archive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be next time. Yes, but until then, this has been um, second episode of uh, Dragon Reborn. Um, we are your hosts, John and Johnny, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.